Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Open your amen basket. Get ready to receive. Because each and every Sunday, the testimonies that we hear here are not small at all. If only you believe, one day you'll be the one standing here to share a testimony to. Today we have only one testimony. Tell your neighbor, only one. So during the week, if you have a testimony, please text me so that you can share your testimony. I'm sure they'll make the flyer available so that you see the number. Amen. Our first, our only testimony is from Ohenaba. Put your hands together for Ohenaba from the film stars. Hello, Ohenaba. Please introduce yourself to us. Okay, so I'm Ohenaba from the film stars. The film stars have Basanta that really shares testimonies. I, I think in the word encounter service, there's is prayer Basanta. Ours here is film stars. If you're not in a Basanta, advise yourself. Amen. Please share your testimony. Yeah, my testimony is about how God saved him from an accident. Wow, tell us about an accident. How God saved him from an accident. Okay, so it was it. on Palm Sunday and I was gathering people in the morning as usual. Then I was praying alongside Gadrin, and all of a sudden, a car hit me from behind into the gutter. He fell into the gutter. I fell into the gutter. Then, at that moment, I was blank, like I wasn't understanding anything. I was confused. But I had people shouting, and people came to lift me up and put me on the street. So I was there for some time. Then I was asked if I wanted to go to the hospital, and I said no. I said no, not because I wasn't feeling pain, so I was still confused. He didn't. <laughs> Mercy. So first of all, a car hit him, and he fell in the gutter, and he was able to get up and answer no, no scratch, nothing. A car, he doesn't even know how the car hit him. Like, he doesn't even understand. He doesn't understand a miracle, because like he said, he was confused. And if I continue with the testimony. So... I texted my Basanta overseer, Bernard Robson, and I told him about what just happened. And I came to church. But how I came to church, I was even surprised because what happened and me coming to church, they were two different things. Like, it wasn't possible for me to come to church. So I came to church, and luckily he had some painkillers, so he gave me some painkillers, and I sat through the service. <laughs> but, yeah, but I was supposed to go to church, to the hospital after the service. So I went to the hospital after the service. But then, <laughs> <laughs> but forgive. 
Please continue. But then, after the whole issue, when I went to my room, I was still a bit traumatized. I had heard of people having trauma after events, but me, I didn't really believe in those things. I was, I was laughing at them. But when, after the events, when I went to my room, I was really traumatized. I, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't even eat because I was seeing flashes of the events. The, the painkillers didn't affect that one. <laughs> Please continue. Yeah, so I, I, I couldn't. So luckily, because um, my pastor was here knew about it, I got in contact with Lady Evan Humi, who was checking up on me every single day. Wow. And, and what that really helped me too was that I got in touch with mommy too. And mommy prayed for me. Yeah. So every single time I have those flashes, I go back to the prayer and wow. listen to the prayer. Wow. And it really, really helped me. I don't know where I would have been without the prayer and the checkup. By the grace of God, you have those moments, you have those flashbacks again. No, no, no. They you are, don't have they're, they're them again. Put your hands together for Hinebe's testimony. I don't know about you. I don't know if you've had an accident before or if there's something before. I remember one time I was going back to my where I live from um, prep here and I felt that someone was following me. For some time I felt nothing happened to me. Nobody hit me. Nobody did anything to me. But I felt uncomfortable walking in the evening for some time. So it's actually a serious thing to be traumatized after things like this. And I believe that God has saved Ohenaba from this incident. Put your hands together for the Lord. So, what would you like to tell the church? So, I tell the church that prayer is very important because I want to believe that if I wasn't praying during the event, I might have died or something would have happened to me. Because I was praying during the time the car hit me. And also to be connected to the church. Yeah. Because if I was not connected, I wouldn't have spoken to my pastor of Asia about it. I wouldn't have gotten in touch with Lady Reverend Humi. And Mommy, I wouldn't have gotten in touch with Mommy too. <laughs> he would have still been in the yes, gutter. I would have still been in the gutter, because... <laughs> yes, technically. Now, it's not the trauma of the event. Put your hands together for Oheneba. Like Oheneba said, like Oheneba said, stay connected. Many of you are not in basantes. You are not in centers. Stay connected so that the leader who is above you knows you. And then Lady Reverend whom you also know you. And then Mommy will also know you. Amen. Mixed by Lotus, Lotus, Lotus. For the Lord this morning. It is a good place to stand to your feet and give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Are you excited to be in the house? Oh, are you sure you are happy to be in church? Please take your seat. Amen. I'm reading a scripture this morning. 
Hosea chapter 12 verse 13 and it says and by a prophet the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt and by a prophet was he preserved hallelujah and in this church God has given us a prophet look at your neighbor and say in this church God has given us a prophet this morning she led us powerfully to pray and I believe that those prayers are preserving you from every evil in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And the word you are about to hear, it will deliver you, it will establish you, it will take you higher, it will strengthen you. Stand to your feet, put your hands together as we welcome our pastor, our prophet, E.S. Joy Philip Bruce. Put your hands Hallelujah. If your hands belong to you, put them together. Remember the Lord has had mercy on us. Come on. Hallelujah. I can't hear you. Did you leave it at home? I had a shout this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we are so grateful to be together again. Thank you for the holidays that are just passed. Thank you for taking us and bringing us safely back. Thank you that we have reopened this service for our students one more time. We're so grateful. I pray that your presence will be here. I pray that your word will come forth powerfully, Lord. You know us. You know where we stand and you know our hearts and you know our issues. Talk to us today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Before you take your seat, find your Bible. If you remember, we are on a campaign to bring the Bible back into church. And let's say our confession together. We are confessing it, isn't it? Where's your Bible? You left it at home. You are backslidden. Ah, God bless you. It's on your phone. Your pornography is also on your phone. It disturbs. So, this is my Bible. I, have what, I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. Well, I'm happy to welcome you back to school. Amen. And you must know that it is a special Sunday, isn't it? I mean, I don't stand here on a normal Sunday in a collar. They call it, they say it's our dog collar. Never mind. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the reason is because we have some pastoral appointments today. Amen. It will not be during this service. It will be after, it will be after the next service. But you're always welcome to come back. Amen. Some of you have a desire to serve God and you're thinking that maybe one day, Maybe one day. One of the best ways to fulfill your dream is to watch somebody else's dream being fulfilled. And it encourages that a normal human being like you is a pastor. Maybe one day I will be too. So I'd like to invite you to the pastoral appointments of three precious people later on today. Amen. And for those of you joining us online, you're so welcome. We're glad that you tune in and you just join us and watch. And I hope that you've enjoyed it so far and that you'll continue to do so. Amen. Now, before I get into subject matter, tell me about subject matter. You've been away for some time and there are a few things that I need to bring up to your point, to your um, knowledge. I know that MFR will do a good job re 
recapping, but let me say them as well. Is it okay? All right. First of all, we have a camp coming on this week. Amen. Today is the last day for registration, the absolute last. Today, Sunday, is the last day because we leave here very early in the morning on Wednesday and we'll be gone Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and we'll be back on Saturday. Amen. Those of you who have not see, been to the Mampong campus before, this is your chance. Amen. Oh, I thought you'd be happy to go to Mampong. Oh, you're not happy. Amen. So, please see who. Who should they see after service? Please, if you stand they can, and turn around, they can see your faces because, please turn. Yeah. See these nice two young, fresh lady pastors and register. Is that all right? Hey, you have come back with your prim pro from the household. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, what happened to you at home? You have become some tibor, tibor, something, something, something I don't understand. <laughs> amen and amen. The second thing that is, I must bring to your notice is that we have started what we call Poiman Academy. The Poiman Academy is the umbrella under which all training in the church goes on. And there is an aspect of training for everybody that happens on Sunday. For 30, 35 minutes after Sunday. Most churches have a way to learn the Bible because you know that you don't learn it from the preaching. The number of sermons that you have heard, if it was the sermons that gave you scriptures, by now, you'd have known more. Hello? So we have a number of schools. That's what we call them. Are you here? And when you add yourself to the school, it runs for a few weeks, you will realize that your knowledge of the scriptures actually comes up. And I want to entreat you to join a school. Now, we are in a discussion about two things. I'll tell you about it. The Spoiman Academy, it is run after the second service. We can very easily open it for you so it runs after the first service as well. But it depends on you. And that means it's held under the canopies after service. So while the second service is on, you are just having your... You can also come after the second service because you many come anyway for unity service in the afternoon. So you can come and do the Bible study or the Bible class and then we come back. So I'm putting it out here for you to think about it. Is that okay? Think about it and by next week you will know what you want to do. Is it okay? All right. Is it cray? I'm in Kumasi so I have to speak in a certain way. Then also we have some very interesting we have a very interesting visit coming on next week, Thursday and Friday. <laughs> Prophet Micaiah was coming to visit us last semester and various things happened. He didn't come, so he's coming on the 27th and 28th of this month. Amen. So be there. Just mark the date down and of course we will remind you. Hallelujah. Now before I start preaching, I just want to introduce you to a very precious lady. <laughs> My husband's big sister, Bishop Patrick's big sister, is here with us this morning. I wanted to give her a, a proper welcome. Auntie Joyce, we're happy to have you with us. <laughs> I'm laughing at her because she would have liked to be sitting quietly in some corner. But we're happy to have you here. And we don't take it for granted. God bless you so much. She's visiting from the UK. It's not been an easy time. And we're just so happy to have her here with us. So God bless you. We hope that, we hope that you enjoy all our noise and all the things that we Okay, God bless you. Take your seats. Tell your neighbor, you too, one day somebody will welcome you somewhere. 
Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, last week you were supposed to be watching online, but I know you didn't watch. <laughs> Push your neighbor and say, neighbor, did you watch? I know you didn't watch. And I had to start. I had to start. I was going, I'm going to do a, the same series in the first and the second services. And last week was supposed to be the intro. But I know that you didn't watch it. So I will recap more. Uh-huh. So that we can catch up and move on. Amen. This is a new semester and I'm really believing God for good things. One of the things I'm believing him for is that you will become fruitful. During the prayer time, I was giving an example of a story that Jesus told. Where he said that certain man had planted a tree. When he went to look for some tree, some fruit from the tree, it wasn't there. Let's read it. He spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereof and found none. Then said he to the dresser of his vineyard, the dresser is the gardener, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? In other words, why is it disturbing the ground? Just remove it. And he answering said unto him, Lord, leave it alone this year also. This I shall do about it and dung it. Verse 9. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. Are you seeing the scripture? When a tree is planted, there's an expectation that it will bear fruit. Have you ever planted a tree in your yard? Many of you don't have a yard yet. Or you have seen it planted. I remember a pear tree I was very angry with. Because it has been planted. Where we saw it, it was giving very beautiful fruit. But when we planted this, it's like it didn't do anything. You are waiting, waiting. So what happens when it doesn't bear fruit? After a while, you decide that, look, you are disturbing the space. Let me just remove you from there. Are you here? Yeah, let me just remove you from, because you are not bearing fruit. Let me look for one more scripture to add. Ask anybody this morning, how? Did you read your Bible? Mm. Mm. Hallelujah. I just, it's just a, a scripture that came to mind, so allow me to take my time and look for it. Hallelujah. But this fig tree did not bear any fruit. Was the owner happy with the tree? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9, 1 Corinthians 3, 9. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. It also goes on to say you're God's building. You are the one God has planted. Are you there? In, in several scriptures, we are likened to trees. You'll be like a tree planted by the waterside. Are you seeing it? Now here, I'm just linking this for you to see the importance of the story Jesus was telling. That he wasn't talking about pear trees or mango trees. Oh. He was talking about us. And he was indicating that when you are planted in a place, when you are placed in a place, he has an expectation of fruit from you and from me. 
John 15, 16 is a scripture that we have quoted often here. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit will remain. So if you have found yourself here on KNUST campus, it's because there's some fruit around here that he's looking for. Amen. Hey, you have forgotten all. The way I'm quiet is like you have forgotten everything. Please ask me anybody I've forgotten. There's a reason why you are here. More than one reason. Your reason in the physical or in the secular is to come and get the degree or degrees that you were looking for. But as you are coming to look for it, you know, there's also another reason why you are here. And that is because he expects you to bear fruit. Take us to John chapter 15, the beginning of the chapter. John 15. I am the true vine. Can you see that he is now even liking himself to a tree, a vine? And my half-other is the husbandman. Verse 2. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit. Can you see it? He taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth much fruit. To purge, he's just saying to prune. To prune. So if you want it to do better, you take off dead parts of it. But it's a very explicit scripture. Jesus was speaking. And he described himself as a tree. And then he describes us as the branches in the tree. And then he says, if you are a branch that doesn't bear fruit, come out. Exactly what he was explaining in the earlier scripture. That when he comes to see the tree, and the tree is not fruiting, he makes a decision. He makes a decision. The question I have for you this morning is to ask you, Where's your fruit? Where's your fruit? Many of us have just been masquerading in the house of God. And that is why, you see, but I thank God that our time is not yet up. And for as long as our time is not up, we can do something about it. In the parable, the husbandman, that's the gardener. If you like, that's the pastor. So please hold on. Give me a little time to fertilize it again. Give me a little time to water it again. And let me see. Please, can you take me back to that scripture? He says, yes, Luke 13. He says, uh, let's go up, verse 7. He says, these three years I come seeking fruit. Did you know that he has been looking for fruit from you since you arrived? As he was making plans. Here. Here. Elizabeth, there we are. Here. He put you here deliberately. And then he came looking for the fruit that you are born. Month after month. Year after you. Some of you, you are in your final year. First year, zelo. Second year, zelo, zelo. Third year, another zelo. Ask your neighbor. I hope it's not you that they are mentioning. In fact, they didn't come. They are not here. <laughs> Are you here? You are seeing the words of He said, I came seeking fruit. Then you see him say in John 15, I am the tree. You are one of the branches. If you will not bear fruit, I will cut you off. You see, one of our problems as Ghanaians is that, when I say Ghanaian, I can only talk about Ghana. I don't know anywhere else. <laughs> when we hear that there's a consequence of something, if you don't do this, we'll do this. We'll say, okay, but then we won't do. Then when the consequence comes, 
they will say, oh, why me? Oh, why are you so wicked? Oh, Christians, you are supposed to be loving. <laughs> Jesus has said it clear. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Please, you want to be removed. Uh, Pastor, exactly how is the removal going to be? I, I really don't want to know. Or you want to test with your life and see. Uh, is it that I will die airy? Are you God? <laughs> do you know how long your life is? You don't know. I also don't know. But what I do know is I know a good thing. I don't want to be taken away. I want to bear fruit. Then he says, if you are bearing fruit, you'll go through certain things that will help you to bear more fruit. And for me, this is the center and the crux of what we're talking about this month. Amen? I really want to see us grow, and that's why I'll be sharing with us the reasons why we must grow into a mega church. A mega church means a very large church. Many times, you may be feeling that, oh, the church is full already. On a normal Sunday, as school people are coming back, people are sitting outside, the car cannot be standing here. There are people, oh, we are okay. We are not okay. And last week, I took pains to explain to you why we are not okay. And I said, we are not okay because that size or that thing is just because of the size of the room. Not that we are a lot. Are you here? Hey. I'm just wondering what has happened to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you with me on that other side of the room? Hello, are you alive? Are you awake? Okay. I'm asking you questions, Christ. You want to answer me? Meanwhile, if you text me, I don't answer you. Then you will say that hey, these pastors, they don't mind people. <laughs> hey, it's you I'm eyeing. <laughs> Are you in the house? Yeah. And I'm saying that you will think that we are a lot. So I need to remove from your mind that point. The population of the KMUST campus is 64,187 students. The population of administrators, I don't know who exactly is the administrator. I don't know who and who it, you know, it involves. 4,178. Together, the population only on this side, 68,000. Calculate. Sunday attendance of this service is roughly a thousand. I need someone to do maths. Thousand divided by 68,000. Please, it's how much? Math students, you should have a fired answer. Shasho. It's what? 0.01%. Cover your face. We are ashamed. Zero point. In fact, me can't find Keke. Zero point zero one. Zero point zero one. When you want to put it on a graph, it doesn't even have a place. So do you see why you cannot say what you are saying? Because, and that's only the population on this side. That's only on this side. When I say this side, where the students are. When we finish and we add population of Kote, Apiedu, what? Eh? Deriakon, 
Kokobin. Ouais. Apemso. Hein? Genyase. I don't even want to add it. Do you feel like adding it? And in this service, because we are students, let's concern ourselves with the 68%, the 68,000. Ask your neighbor how many fruit he has brought it. He has witnessed to and brought to church this year. How many people are here because of you? You see, you are looking in the sky, yo. Me, I'm only asking a question. I cannot do everything, but one day we'll stand before the master. And I'm only proving to you that we are already here and praying that, Lord, please don't come right now to look for the fruit, because if you come, you may cut us. I thought you thought you were very spiritual. Hallelujah. And that is why we're going to be speaking about the mega church. Why we must even have one. We must have one because, number one, we, we, first you must have a vision. The Bible says that for lack of a vision, the people just perish. You don't have an aim. And many of us as believers, we have no aim. Our aim is the same as the unbelievers. Proverbs 29 and verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. The reason why we have not done anything much to bear fruit is because we don't have a vision about it. A vision is an aim or something we want to do or somewhere that we want to go. I hope you are with me so far. And when you begin to have that vision, then you begin to desire something. It will drive you to do things. That's why in our grace, what do we say? In all the 5,700 children, what are we trying to say? That's where we want to go. That's how large we want to be. Hey. Mm. Today, I feel like I'm preaching against hardboard and that as I'm preaching you are looking at me like I was preaching to you in Spanish now you don't really understand it you better wake up oh. yeah. yeah a very usual struggle after you have been home because when you go home you blank out your mind you blank out your mind your, 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 your shepherd is calling you cry you don't pick the phone and that's why you return in this state yeah the shepherd is calling you with the data that she has bought with her own money. And you, you don't even answer. But the day will come when you'll be looking for somebody to call you. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm praying. So what are you saying? It is what we have seen it before. Amen. So first, we need to have a vision. And that's what I'm trying to place into us as I'm sharing from you why we need to have a mega church. Amen. Another reason, or another thing we need to know is that we shouldn't allow ourselves to be fooled. We must understand that our size is just because of the size of the room that we are in. Not that we have done a good job. Not that we, we haven't even made a dent. What was the percent again? Point zero one. So the number of people that we have brought in as we are on campus, moving around, going from lecture to lecture, your influence in the place that you are is 0 0.01. We can't even see it. Wow. Wow. Are we changing? Yeah. Matthew 9, 37. Matthew 9, 37. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. This was Jesus talking. In other words, there are more people there ready to hear us, ready to listen. And but pastor, when we go to go and call them, then they'll be making out their face. 
You have forgotten your face. The reason why you are complaining, you have forgotten the face that you were also giving somebody when they came to call you some time ago. Say amen, Kwame. (laughs) Some of you were fearful beings. When they invited you, please, if you know you are sitting by any such fearful being, ask the person that, is it you or is not you? Who are they talking about? Because as my eye is roaming around the room, some of you, it's on my tongue to say, but I'm just holding it. Hey! These dancing stars who you see dancing here like that. Some of them, every semester, they'll be beating war drums. I'll stop, oh, I'll stop. I'll stop, oh, I'll stop. I'll come. I won't dance. I won't do. I won't this thing. And never home then we are clapping our hands. You don't know that they are frightening people before. And now you are a lovely dancing star. You are doing so good. You are dancing so well. We look forward to seeing you. And you are calling somebody, and the person is now doing you some. And you say you won't go again. You won't go saying. You have forgotten that the seed that you sowed, no. And no, that is the one that has borne fruit. But in the same way as somebody had patience with you, you too have patience. Uh, please, when I'm preaching, uh, you shouldn't be on something else. Tell the young lady. Tell her for me. Yeah. Tell her for me that I've spotted her from where I'm standing. Thank you. Okay. Some of you don't know how to behave when you come to church. When you come to church and the word of God is being preached, you listen. It is your grounds for salvation. Don't be on Facebook. Don't be sending a text. Don't blank out your mind. Be here. Hey. And so I said by force, then why did you come? Sing, you won't sing. Dance, you won't dance. Open your Bible, you won't open your Bible. Listen to where to you won't listen. Yeah, the pastor is insulting me. Ah, have I called your name? Anyway. Amen. So Jesus told us that the harvest is plentiful. And I believe Jesus, I don't know about you. And usually, the most miserable looking people the ones who face you the most are the ones in need the most. And when you remember yourself, you will go back again a second time. Somebody, you will go and share Jesus with them once. It will work. Somebody, you will go and go again. Another person, you are just one of the people on the way. But whatever it is, do your part. Amen. Do your part. Hey. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you see, there is a devil. One of his wishes is that the church will be small. Because a small church indicates few believers. That's the indication. Until we gather, we cannot be taught. Yes. So Jesus' command to us to win souls, when you are done, you must have a church to put the people in to teach them. And when the church is small, it's saying that there are very few people here. So he's very interested in the thing being small. He's very, very interested and therefore you must take the opposite stand that no I must be fruitful turn to your neighbor and say neighbor we are bearing fruit this semester I'm talking to you about a mega church Luke chapter 14 one of our favorite scriptures Luke 14 23 the Lord said to the servant go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled So you may think that the Lord does not mind that his house is not full. 
But from this scripture, he's showing us that he minds. You yourself, when you're coming to church and the place is full, are you not happy? Yeah. When you come and it's empty, how do you feel? You are not happy. Yeah. Are you there? And so we must work. It is his will to fill the house. I need us also to understand another thing. That our harvest field is actually not just KNUST. It's the world. It's the whole world. Some of you, as you are passing through campus, you are actually just being trained by God to go somewhere after you are done. Are you here? Yeah. And this semester, we're going to have a one-day missions conference with Bishop Jake. And, oh, it's among many things that are happening. And the reason why he's coming, he's coming to look for those of you who begin to feel those stirrings. I'm one of those who will go. The truth is that until you hear the message, you don't know whether you are one or not. It's the hearing of the message that brings a certain desire in you to say that I will go somewhere to go and uh, um, look for souls. After all, when Jesus was leaving, he didn't just leave us in a small place, but he actually asked us to win souls all over the world. And perchance, as you are here, you are one of those. But if we leave you, you only go and win the Duade cellar near your house. And that's all. Not knowing that if you were to move out, you would do much better. I'm reminded of a young man who was, when we were in Tamale, was handling the tree service. And he was struggling. And um, he was not from there. He was actually from the Volta region somewhere, but he had grown up there. And he had this service, and he would come, and he was really striving to keep it together, and he would preach, and it was difficult. The person who was his greatest opposer was his own sister. That's why I thank God for sisters like Auntie Joyce who support and who push and who move things. One Sunday, he came to me after service very broken. I said, what happened? And he said, as you know, I'm, you know he's a stammerer as well, so preaching was not easy. He said, I was, I'm still striving. I had been chasing people and trying to get the service to work. And at a certain point, my sister went outside. And then she sent me a text. Said his phone was on the pulpit. When he looks, looked, his sister had sent a message. You have preached for too long. Close. He said the small spirit that was left in him just vanished. He was very discouraged. And I encouraged him and said, keep on. But that same young man began to feel the stirrings that he had been called to another place. And so one day he came to see my husband and said, I feel that I have been called to a certain area of the northern region. Remember that he's not from there. And remembering his struggles and looking at how he was a very soft and gentle gentleman, I said to myself, hey, here in Tamale, I don't know crying, yeah, yeah. Where you are saying you are going? Mm. Um, it's a hard place. But when somebody comes to say to you that, I believe that God has called me to a place, who are you to say God has not called him? So, after a time of preparation, my husband called us together. We prayed for the young man and we sent him on his way. 
he had sold everything in his electrical shop and that's what he had bent his boat that's all he had and he said i'm on my way i'm going to that place as a volunteer and i'm going to start a church tell neighbor my heart <laughs> he left within a few weeks he sent us a message i have found a place i've started a church the church grew and it grew the same stamina at the time he was under me one day he came to see me and he said mommy you know where i am there are a lot of communities around i'm going to preach in a church i will start a church and every day i will preach i said hey before i was aware he has started seven churches and I begged him and I said, you know something? <laughs> Rest two is part of life. You cannot be working every day. So drop one, give it two. I, you know, move the church to someone else. So that is six days. I am not talking about a church in Aediasi and another one in Buedi and a third one at Gate. No, they were far apart. And he would ride on a bicycle, which eventually became a moto. And he would go from here to there. And he would preach the sermon in the evening. And he would spend the night there. And he would move and he'll come back. One day I took out the records and I began to look at the records. In the villages, in places where there was no road. 85 believers had gathered because of this young man. In the other place, this number of people had gathered. This guy had understood something. He was called into the harvest in the world. And this morning as I'm speaking to you, you are a young man you are a young lady and you are beginning to feel the stirrings in your heart that maybe the Lord has called me to another place that is not here this semester is your semester I said this semester is what your semester put your hands together for the Lord hallelujah somebody will come here who will show us what to do and how to do it amen I can feel that the church is like hallelujah but I believe that it is real amen now we want to have a large church because if we do our work well a large church will mean that more souls are being won if everybody here you won one, you won one soul this semester just one just one it means that the church will be larger but it's larger because more souls have been won in this day and age, a lot of lazy people think that I start a church with somebody's members. You don't start with somebody's members. There are enough. Jesus told us, what? The harvest is plentiful. There will always be more unbelievers than believers. There's always somebody who needs to hear the gospel of Christ. So instead of trying to convince your friend who is going to the Pentecost church to come and join you here, then you have done no work. Church of Pentecost is a beautiful church. The person is doing okay there. What's your problem? And, but you see, they have been counting the number of people that we are bringing to church. So, me, I don't want to have zero this week. So, I asked my friend to come. <laughs> you say you are a farmer. You have gone to your friend's maize farm, borrowed the maize plant from there, come and planted it in your farm. Have you done any work? At all. At all. There will always be more people than we can harvest in. For some of you, the person is sitting next door to you in class. Some of you have Christians, you are the only Christian in your room. 
you have not shared the gospel with anybody. When it is time, when you want to pray, you put your earphones in your ear. So they don't even hear. Because sometimes it's the music, the message of the music that will be softening somebody's heart. But you dear, they, when they are playing their music, they play it loud. They'll be anointing you with fornication. Anointing with desires that you cannot sit over you. When it is time for you to play yours, then you put it earphones in your ear. Shame on you. I'm talking to some believers in the household. I say, I'm talking to who? Hey. It's, it's a very serious thing. We have become so timid that it is annoying. Uh, please ask your neighbor, where's your Bluetooth speaker? No, no, you see, you have to understand where. Hey, what time is it? I have a feeling that I'm getting hot. Yes, I am. You need to understand where you live. Ghanaians, we are noisy, or you didn't know. So explain your quietness to me. What works is noise. That's how we are. So if you are going to be a believer of any weight, noise. They are playing their music. I'm also playing mine. It cannot be a fight. It cannot be a fight. Yeah. It cannot be a fight. But is there you out? You see, we have a quiet side. That's not what we are discussing this morning. We're discussing the other side. Could it be that your silence is the reason why somebody hasn't come to the Lord? You put the music in your ear. But the same way it blesses you, that's the same way if you had played it, somebody would have been lying in their bed and listening. And would begin to think, maybe Jesus is my solution. Maybe you. Maybe. Maybe. But because it's in your ear. Oh, I don't want to disturb. Hey. But when they are disturbing you, it's okay. It's okay. Pastor, you see, you are too quarrelsome. (laughs) I want to read to you a scripture I found this week that I was amazed. I was amazed. I actually underlined it. I didn't know I was going to use it today, but I'm very happy that now I understand why I underlined it. I'm ending the preaching. <laughs> when I saw that scripture, I said, no, I need understanding. Hmm. Should I read the scripture as we close? I'm in Luke chapter 12. I'm reading from verse 49. And Jesus was speaking. And he said, I came to cast fire upon the earth. And I would that it were already kindled. I am reading it in the Revised Standard Version. It doesn't matter which version you put up. I have a baptism to be baptized with and how I am constrained until it is accomplished. Do you think I have come to give peace on earth? As I read this, I said, hey! I thought we said Prince of Peace. <laughs> no, I tell you, but rather division. For henceforth, in one house there will be five divided three against two and two against three they will be divided father against son 
and son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against her mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. It is a verse, it is scripture, it's a verse in the scriptures. Before you start to say, ah, I'm going home to fight. No, please, hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. He's the same one who has said all the things he says. Honor your parents. He said it. He's the same one who demands a certain holiness for our living. But what this scripture is telling us is that by following Jesus Christ, a time comes when it is like the casting of fire on the ground. Because you are trying to do something to serve God. The time comes when there is division and there is trouble. Some of you, when we had our recent issues with people writing things on Facebook, no, you started to shiver. And I was wondering to myself, this small fire, the only difference is that it is on social media, so you know. No, you are there. Hey, so the church, Sana is a cult. You are an idiot. As you sit here, does it look like a cult to you? Hey, allow me to answer you. Somebody who is outside says it's a cult. You are inside. You are inside. Does it look like a cult to you? What cult leaves all the doors open? What sacrifice have we bent here? This is scripture. The father shall be divided against the son. Is it not the same Bible that says honor your father? Yes, but one day, one day, in your following of Christ as you are going, your father will say, no, you can't go. That day, fire has come. That day you will decide, who will I follow? My father or Christ? You should know which one. Hey, why <laughs> Somebody sent a text recently. Hey, my mother says that I shouldn't come to the church because the things that they are saying. You are the... Wait. I didn't even answer the text. I didn't even answer. And the reason is because your mother is a human being. She's just afraid of what she doesn't know. And she's wondering, is it true? Is it not true? But you should know the truth. You should know the truth. Do you think that I'm standing here without going through this one? Yeah. When I started going to a charismatic church, my father was wondering, his daughters were always in the house in the evening. What is this that has happened and now his daughters at 6 o'clock when he wants to lock his door, he used to lock his door at 6. <laughs> Where are they? <laughs> and we were, not, we were not coming home very late, but for him, 6 p.m. was it. And we would go and we'd come back around 7, 7.30 and he's bored. and the fire will fall but we knew that we were here for the first time we've been going to church all our lives but we didn't know the bible for the first time the bible was making sense we kept going and the fire kept burning that's why one young lady who was from a muslim home she told me she said well i come to church i'm happy coming to church and they're happy beating me it's all right she had no problem i was worried for her that's why after all it cannot go on forever and the fire raged until one day my mother, I'd never heard my mother contradict my father ever before. 
And on one evening when we came home at seven, and the fire was raging again because our father was, where have you gone? You know, we would try to get there early, but we're always late. Then my mother just turned to my father and said, would you rather that they were going to the nightclub? That was the end. That was the end. There are times when in your worship of God, you must stand your ground. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it is in the standing of your ground that you will find the scripture. But he has told you already, I've come to cast fire. Amen. As I end, some of you this semester, as you take your stand for God, there will be fire. Because you were going around with your friends. You were Christian all right, but the life was double-double. And this semester, as you set your face to follow God, they'll suddenly start to say, but I thought you were one of us. They'll be talking. As you enter the room, suddenly silence. You know what I mean. When you're in the room, no, there's no flow. It is a fire. Something that has risen against you. But I came to encourage you and say, keep going. If it is Christ in Kwaadia, it will come through. I said, it will come through. Most of the time, it's just because they were enjoying your company. But when they see which way you have turned, maybe it may be years ahead, they also will find Christ. Stand to your feet. And this morning, just pray for two minutes as we end the service. Just pray for yourself and say, Lord, may I bear fruit this semester. I don't want to be cut off, Lord. I didn't know it was such serious business. I don't want to be cut off. Just talk to the Lord for a few minutes. Our time is far spent as usual. Help us, Lord. Father, we just ask you to help us this semester. Forgive us for being double-minded. Your word says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways and shall receive nothing from you. And so we come to you today, Lord, and we give ourselves over to you. And we ask you to have your way with us. We ask you to help us, Lord, that this semester we will bear fruit. This semester, people will come to Christ through us. This semester, we'll stand up for you. We will stand up to be counted, Lord, and we will make a difference. This semester, our church will grow because of us. As we ask in the mighty name of Jesus, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I thank God that you came to service today. Maybe you just walked in or maybe someone brought you. But as I was speaking, you were thinking about your own relationship with God. This morning, I want you to think, am I born again? Nicodemus was even a ruler of the Jews when he went to see Jesus. And he said, wondering about things of the kingdom. And Jesus said to him, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom. He can't. And Nicodemus said, should I go back into my mother's stomach? And she said, no, 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 no. He said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Your flesh is already here. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You are here this morning. You cannot say for sure. My spirit, in my spirit, I am born again. In the book of Romans, we are told that if we want to be saved, we should, what we believe in our hearts, we should speak it out and confess it with our mouth in order to be saved. So as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I want you to consider your own stand. Are you born again and are you ready for Jesus? 
And if the answer is no, just slip up your right hand where you are standing. We're going to pray together. Just slip up that hand. Just put it up. Just slip it up. And if you've put up your hand, I want to invite you to just come to me and let us pray together. I don't want you to be embarrassed. Don't think about anyone else. But just come. Together we're going to say a prayer. And I'll pray with you and we'll be out of here. Just come. Say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Just come to me. God bless you. God bless you. But I know you're not alone. There are others. Take a bold step and come. I'm just waiting for you. Let them sing the song one more time. If your heart is beating, it's saying, that may be Jesus knocking and saying, let me in. Just come. Don't be walking around at this time. Only those coming to the front should be moving. Just come. Just come to me this morning. God bless you as you step out. Just come. Let us pray. Young man, I want you to say this prayer after me. And if you're standing in the congregation, I want you to join us. Just help him along the way. You want to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me from my sins. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, you are my Savior and you are my Lord. I thank you for saving me. Amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at FOLCIDS. God richly bless you.